0: This is Tableside at 16th Street. We're glad to see you here, and i set up with a spot just for you. Come on in, grab a snack. There's always room at the table for more. Let's chat a bit, maybe tell a story or two. Welcome to the Tableside. Hey kids, welcome back to the Table Side. Hi Cliff. How are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. It's been a good week though. But the weather is finally changing.
1: Thank the Lord.
0: Yes, it's we're I'm excited about that.
1: So. Yeah. The last couple of days we've like sat out on our patio and like last night we watched Halloween Town outside.
0: Okay. Oh, that's right cuz Alec mounted the uh, outside.
1: Yeah, we got a free TV <laughs> and then we paid like 30 bucks for a mount and then Score. 40 bucks for like a what a Chromecast. Yeah. So we're just living large.
0: At a kid. That's how you do it. That's what you did. You know? Oh yeah, on a It'll budget. Well, we are glad everybody's here. We're glad you guys are listening to us today. Um as I've mentioned in the past, but I say it every time because it's so true. You have options. You have so many things that you can do, so many ways you can spend your time, but you choose to spend your time listening to our nonsense, and we appreciate that. We really do. It's so much fun. In fact, just this week, uh, shout out to a loyal listener, uh, Nicole and her husband, uh Justin, Justin, yeah, Woof. almost <laughs> made a mistake there.
1: And Nicole uh, and um,
0: uh, her yeah, her husband. husband. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shout out. Uh, she passed along some nice words to us, and we uh, we appreciate her thoughts. And so, thanks you. It's uh, as long as we keep hearing stuff like that, we're going to keep doing stuff yep. like this. So you know, you guys are just encouraging.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just do, encouraging our nonsense. To do
0: more nonsense. <laughs> it's fun. Um, another way you can encourage our nonsense. Something we're learning. We're always learning things. Uh, we're always trying to get better, make these podcasts better. But there's a way you can interact with us. Of course, we have our Instagram. Of course, we have our Facebook. So you can always leave comments. Uh, you can always leave you know messages there, and share and like and this and that. But also, what I've found out is on I know for sure on the mobile app. If you look on Spotify, when you pull up the pot, the actual listing of the episode, there's polls. Uh, down there. And I'm going to start putting some questions down there. I'm going to start putting some polls. So I want to know some different things. Uh, we did one last week for two-story radio. So if you want to go back and check those and check the poll, and then there's also questions or uh, a question, you know, how did you, what did you think of this? So any anytime you want to put some information in there, do it. If you want to say, hey, stop talking about this stupid stuff and start talking <laughs> about this, do it. Let us know.
1: That's how we'll know. Yeah. That's
0: right. We're a family. That's here a good idea. Side. Yeah. Uh, So it's going to be fun and just kind of something more just to kind of drive up some interaction with the tableside family.
1: Not that we're lonely. Not that like Cliff and I feel like the two of us, you know, we're like, man.
0: We need that validation from the socials. No, but I just think it's fun to see everybody interact. Now, we do have an option there also for voicemails.
1: Which are fun.
0: And we have a frequent user of the voicemails. Uh, Again, (laughs) loyal listener Kevin Satterfield. (laughs) Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be sharing some of can, those. Eventually. Can
1: everybody else hear those messages, or is it just us?
0: There's a way we can post it. Oh, okay, uh, but it, like it adds it to the episode somehow. So I, we're still figuring. We'll that out. We'll play with it. We're going to figure it out. But we're some gonna of them let, are really good. We are going to share Kevin Satterfield with the world. He eventually.
1: seems like a bit of a nut job.
0: He goes, you know, he goes to the extreme. He
1: goes hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: either one way. Or the other way. <laughs> we love him. We love him though. <laughs> well, another thing that's great about. Tableside at 16th Street are the days. Like, it's fun. I enjoy having our conversations. Yeah. It's just you and I. <clears throat> but the better days are when we have special guests. And we just happen to have a special guest today joining us at the Tableside. Uh, he's a good friend. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he's a uh, local, how do you say it, Rogersian? Uh, I don't know. Native to Rogers. He's There's very few of us around. Uh our good friend Chris Myers. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Man, welcome to the tableside. We are glad to be here. I'm glad to be here.
1: How long have you all known each other exactly?
0: Oh my goodness. Uh Um, well, we've known of each other probably since the late nineties.
2: So when you're in high school. Um, because
0: that's when I was on staff at the church and you were in and out of the the student ministry. Your but your folks were
2: you know there a lot. Um Yeah, I would think. Around that time, I would have even been in junior high, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, so. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, mid to late nineties yeah. for sure. Yeah, okay, cool. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, shortly after, uh, I moved
0: back in the mid two thousands is when we really kind of started doing hanging and running in the same circles. And oh this yeah, and that. okay, cool. So, yep, yeah, we've been a member of yep. a couple of different Bible studies and men's groups, and we sure have. Uh, just uh, porch sitting on the deck.
2: All kinds of things, and even um, many nights just sitting around this exact table here,
0: yeah. playing
2: games, and just um, man, just a lot of great memories made right here at this table.
0: Heck like, yeah, Aww. good times, so wholesome. So, Chris, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you know, I've already said you're from Rogers, but a little bit about you and your family, and this and that.
2: Sure. So, uh, like Cliff was saying, I've been a Rogerserian, <laughs> 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 uh, born and raised here. So I'm a I'm a local native of, uh, this area and, um, uh, grew up in school here. Um, go Mounties, go Mounties, big blue Mm -hmm. train. Um, uh, so graduated from Rogers high school and, um, did the music thing for a while. I moved out to Arizona for a year or so, uh, pursuing a musical dream that, uh, uh, didn't exactly unfold, but um, it was a lot of fun in the in the process. Uh, learned that I hated Arizona really fast. Okay. Um, <laughs> Apologies to any of
0: our listeners in Arizona.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, got back here as quick as I could, and uh, just kind of started life here again, um, where I n- knew home to be. And so, um, never really hung up the music thing. Just didn't pursue it as a vocation and um kind of started with um, other pursuits, and um, through um, a series of circumstances, uh, God called me to ministry, and I uh, didn't know what that was going to look like at first, but started tugging on my heart about uh, missions, mm-hmm. and so um, I began doing short-term trips to Haiti in, I believe, 2012 and uh, began a great relationship with the pastor down there. And uh, through all that, as the Lord continued to work on my heart about full-time missions, the door eventually opened up for me to go there full-time. And so um, moved away from Rogers again in 2016 and spent nearly four years on the mission field in Haiti. And
0: Haiti seems like it would be a... Parts of Haiti seem like it'd be a nice place to visit, but I don't know if anybody that would actually choose to
2: go sure. and uh, live there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, being there, there's parts of Haiti that are absolute eye candy. I mean, beautiful beaches, um, very postcard-esque type uh, beaches and right. um, beautiful sunsets, almost like Hawaii in a way, you know? Yeah. Um but you do have the plight of poverty in Haiti. Mm-hmm. So, really, what we see on this side of the pond is most of the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, we see, you know, the the hungry children and um, the violence, the chaos that's even unfolding there as we speak right now. Um, really sad. There's but, a lot of gang activity right now, right? Uh, right now, as we speak, the, the gang is just complete. The gangs are controlling the island. Um, oh, wow. They, Even the government and everything? or So, yeah, the government is absolutely corrupt, has been for years. Um, in 2021, their president had, was actually assassinated. My gosh. Um, and then later their prime minister was. Oh, and wow. So, um, I mean, it's pretty much anarchy at this point. So the gangs are controlling the island. People are living in, in fear. Uh, people are scared to go out and uh, get daily goods that they need. Just a a walk in the street. uh, People are very fearful. So it's it's a sad situation. Um, And we saw a lot of this type stuff while we were living there. Um, But it's tenfold since we've been back in the United States. It's just worsened and worsened. So I imagine
0: a lot of the ministry that you do then at that point is basically just meeting people's daily needs.
2: We did a lot of that, yeah. Um, So six months into my... um, my tenure there. Uh, Y'all remember Hurricane Matthew back mm-hmm. in twenty. 20- yeah, mm-hmm. so came right on top of us. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> um, destroyed most of people's livestock and crops, um, took several lives. Um, so given that that's a place where there's a lot of natural disaster um, on top of the poverty that exists there, there's always... It seems like every hurricane comes within, you know, if not right through it, just feet. Hurricane, earthquake, yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a, a Haitian adage um, in Creole. It's de mon gen mon, which means uh, behind every mountain, there's another mountain. And so that's just kind of the mentality of the Haitian people is that, yeah. you not, know, you, you don't get a break. Not really a right. hopeful... Right, for, a, you know, for a, wow right, right, and and you hear it said often, Yeah. And like, man, I can't believe this happened, day mon morning. Day morning. Uh, it's just <laughs> uh when it rains, it pours, and yeah, it's all that's just life here is the mentality, so uh, but back to what I was saying, you know, Hurricane Matthew hit us, um thankfully, we have so many faithful supporters who not only kept us on the mission field but continue uh to give to the needs. Uh, of the people in our community, there um, Haiti became our second home. It still is, and that that's kind of weird saying that right now because it, we haven't been there in two years. Uh, but you know, it it dug a deep place in our hearts, and we long to get back there when God calls us back. If He ever calls us back full time, we we don't know. Right, but um, we we long to see our people. So, um, but. Given that we have so many faithful supporters, we're even from a distance, we're still able to to give to needs and when there are tragedies and things of that nature, we can come alongside and, and provide aid. Now you partner with least of these ministries, correct? Yeah, so yeah. that's a that's a five oh one C three that we started ourselves. Um and we we had started going so often that we just decided with fundraising and things of that nature that it would just be more feasible for us to start our own and that way we could kind of have our own control of it. And, uh, people just, you know, it gives them peace of mind giving towards something that's well established. And
0: uh, And when you say we, you you partnered with folks here locally in Northwest Arkansas, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So
2: there's a handful of people here locally that, um, uh, do ministry with us, a local couple here named Rusty and Trisha Williams, who, kind of invited us on this journey of missions. Mm -hmm. Um, They're kind of responsible. Um, Rusty has just been a very Paul figure in my life, Uh, a lot of mentoring spiritually, Um, and he introduced me to the mission field, took away all my excuses. When I told him I'd never go, he bought my passport. Oh,
1: wow. um,
2: Took all the excuses away, and, uh, man, I'm just so glad he did. They've just been instrumental with the, with the ministry as well. And there's been handfuls of people, friends here Mm -hmm. locally. Um, David and Lauren Bullard have been, uh, very much involved with our ministry there and several people from our church at FBC Rogers and other churches as well. Um, like I said, are still today, um, Providing financial help for us to continue doing what we do from afar. Do you have
0: anybody that's permanently there now, like like what you were?
2: No, just our uh, our Haitian our Haitian family that's there. Um, uh, Pastor that Pastor May yeah. and his wife uh, they're still there. So um, thankfully, today we have WhatsApp on our phones. Um, you know a lot of people are familiar with it, so it allows yeah. us to engage with them on a consistent basis. So we. We're always in the loop, knowing what's going on. That's good. And yeah, it's great. So,
0: well, cool. Well, good deal. And then, so you started out single. Then, I did Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you thought, hey, it'd be a good idea. Why don't I get a wife and bring her down too? Huh?
2: So yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a, a hard part of making the decision to go. And uh, you know, when God calls somebody, He equips them. Right. And I just had to keep that in the forefront of my mind when He called. There was a lot of uncertainty. Cassie and I had already been dating for a while. As
0: uh, side note, I would like to take um, credit for putting Cassie and Christy <laughs> on, on yeah. the back deck uh, night of carving pumpkins. I, really? I, I like to think yeah. that's when they fell in love. Yeah, Oh,
1: that's so cute. <laughs>
2: Bonnet over pumpkin carving. Uh, but no, um, truthfully, y'all were very instrumental in in encouraging that, so... Thank you. <laughs> hey, I can't find one for myself, so I'll just go ahead and play everybody else. Right. Cliff
1: is an, is the matchmaker. There
2: you go. Well, you know Halloween's coming up, so we could. It is. You know, any
0: single folks out there? I've got a deck. You guys coming over? I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll see what I can do for you. Have a pumpkin
2: we'll carving. Hook yeah. You up with somebody? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Those who pump, carve yeah. together, stay together. Stay together.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> can that be like your next tattoo?
2: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If
1: <laughs> it might not tattoo.
2: go. <laughs> not not in my budget either. So so <laughs> is
0: she super stoked? about going and living in uh, Third World or did you have a little convincing of that?
2: Uh, you know, at the time I, I don't know that she was super stoked. Um, <laughs> I don't know that anybody would be super stoked right. about living in Haiti. Um, I mean, I was, but I wasn't. I didn't know how to prepare myself for, you know, going on a short-term trip is completely different than living there long-term. Sure. Um, you see things in a two-week um, time span, but... Living there on long term, you you learn it all, you see it all, yeah, uh, you live it all.
0: I imagine Cassie, knowing her, maybe not super stoked about living in third world, but super stoked about serving.
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So. And um, really, the way that this all unfolded, um, like you said, I had gone there as a single man, and just kind of left me and Cassie's relationship in the hands of the Lord and uh, prayed that one day an opportunity would allow her to be there because otherwise going and just being there, you're just another mouth, mouth to feed and uh, you're on a missionary budget. So uh, resources are extremely limited. So having two people living in the pastor's house with other Haitian nationals presents all kinds of challenges uh, in its own right. But um, having gone there a single man, Uh, his wife would feed she would do all my meals and prepare all my meals. And so one night he and I are sitting there together at the table and he said, brother, Chris, I've been meaning to ask you something and, you know, pardon me if, if I'm stepping on any toes here, but when are you going to get married? (laughs) (laughs) And so he, he knew that this relationship was, um, continuing from afar, but, uh, and I said, pastor, I'm glad you asked. Um, I've been, you know, praying that there would be an opportunity for her to come and praying about talking to you about that. And he said, it would just make perfect sense for her to come and serve with our children. And I said, absolutely. She, I mean, I'll tell her tonight. And uh, so that summer I uh, came home for a mini furlough and we got engaged. And so that was in an August, I believe, and we were married in December.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. December That's right.
2: 30th of 2017, and which of, which you got to be a part of. I did. Of it. it was yeah. a super huge honor. Um, <clears throat> it was so cold that day, though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: we had
1: to People how still. did you get to be a part of it?
0: I was a groomsman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: fun. Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we had to take the pictures outside, and I just remember like it was literally snowing. And it was so cold, so cold. Yeah, was- I
1: thought that made some for, for some really pretty pictures. So, is that like have I seen like Cassie with like a like a little fur like thing, or am I making that up?
0: Well, I remember all the girls had blankets it's as probably- we're walking
2: out. Maybe
1: it was, and a blanket. and then they had to shuck
2: the blankets, take the picture real quick, and then we had to get, like, right. give the blankets back to yeah, them. Everybody yeah, go fast, B- but. What I'm reminded of most is that the guys complain more than the girls did.
1: Oh, always. <laughs> and that will pick. always be the case. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: I,
0: yeah. I'll admit, we did. We, we were complaining. I mean,
2: in our defense, <laughs> we, were the, we had no jacket. Well, I guess I had a jacket. Yeah. But the groomsmen didn't wear jackets. But these ladies the stupid, so had thin probably no sleeves. Th- yeah. No, you're exactly right. You're like exactly spaghetti right. straps
1: or strapless or whatever.
2: <laughs> you're exactly right. It was fun. It but was it was a fun. cold day. And, and when we got back to Haiti... Uh, the first Sunday we were back in church, Pastor Kenna stood in front of the congregation and verbatim said Chris's wedding was beautiful, but they made us suffer. <laughs> Those were his exact words. And, you know, they're of course not acclimated to the cold, so
1: pain and beauty.
0: That's pain right. and beauty.
2: Exactly. Pain and beauty. So now if you go back,
0: you've got a third
2: with you, sure. Not do. another
0: wife, but
2: A daughter. Yeah. <laughs> what if it
1: was a third wife? <laughs> <The, the>
0: yeah, <guy laughs> I picked up an uh, extra uh, wife too.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> wrong church, Cliff. Wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we celebrated the coming of our new daughter, Josie May, on March 31st of this year.
0: And we're honored to have her in the studio
2: audience. Yes, yeah, well and
1: she today. is passed out she over is, there. Is
2: out, yeah, yeah. So. Um, learning to do the the whole dad thing here Um, learning how to be parents and when we do go back um, we'll have like you said we'll have that third party to get to go with us so we've been sharing a lot of pictures with our folks down there and they're super excited to meet her so
1: how old is Josie Mae?
2: She will be six months at the end of this month.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. Weak. She's yep. weak. She's so
2: cute. Yep. yep.
1: That'll be a cute little passport with a baby picture. A little, oh my a goodness. Yeah. I have not
2: thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And possibly a long plane plane ride. Oh boy. All you right.
1: know, I just she'll be <laughs> fine. I mean, yeah. she's she's a trooper right now, so
2: she is. she
0: will be good. Well, man, um, we're glad you're here, and that was some cool stuff. We may have to have you guys back on, maybe other folks from the of these to tell more stories. and We would love to. Drip yeah. up some more support. That might be a good idea for season two. We would love to. Yeah. That would be fun. Mandy,
1: um, write that down.
0: Yeah, write that down, Mandy. Okay, she's already uh, While you're rocking the baby. <laughs> uh, we are also going to discuss some other things today. Um, one of the things I've mentioned before, uh, and, and, I, and I hope that people listening understand this and know this, that uh, I believe the Bible. I think we've talked about that in one of your first yep. SAQ. I believe everything in the Bible is real. Um, it's all true, but I guess I got to admit, man, there is some wild, really stuff weird things that goes down in the Bible. Um, I'm I'm rereading through uh, the Bible. I try to do that every few years, and um, I'm in Genesis still. And there's like what well, Genesis covers, like what two thousand years of, of, right. of stuff that yeah. happens, and then, you know. Oh, Josie, hey, not yet. <laughs> uh, so a lot of new stuff, a lot of wild stuff. But what I want to do today... Oh, see, there I did it
1: there. again. It's okay. That's the first time you've done it's, it this episode.
0: Yeah, we, I want to do it again. On this episode, what we're going to discuss is some of the more strange but true stories in the Bible. Um, and they're there for a reason. Th- these stories, uh, you know, God gave us this, this word... So we can learn from it and apply it to our lives. And sometimes it's really difficult to figure out what in the mm. world am I supposed mm-hmm. to learn from this. Um, we're going to go around the table. We've got a few uh, stories to talk about. And it turns out we all have, we all chose one of the same stories. Um, and if you're familiar with some of the stuff in the Old Testament, you might be thinking about the same story. We're going to talk about it. But it's going to be fun because we're going to get different perspectives. Uh, so we'll start with, we'll start with our guest, Chris, you'll go, yeah. uh, talk about one of your stories. We'll discuss it and then we'll go with Shannon. Then we'll go with mine and then we'll probably end up with the, the one that we've all got. Sure. Uh, the, the same. So this will be fun.
2: Um, so what have so, you got for us? Sounds good. Um, so, um, a story that's really stuck out to me since my childhood is the story about Samson and the 300 foxes. And uh, just kind of a backstory leading up to this. Um, We find in Judges chapter 14, um, Mm -hmm. years after Samson was born, so he's out one day and he uh, comes across this woman in Timnah. And I guess it was just kind of a love at first sight kind of thing. He goes and tells his father, like, I want this woman. And so uh, tells his parents he wants this woman. He ends up marrying this woman, and during this time, the the Israelites were under oppression by the Philistines, and she was she happened to be a, a Philistine woman. Yeah.
0: Oh.
2: Uh, yeah. So he falls in love with this Philistine, or, or some people say Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> um, he falls in love with this Philistine woman, and. Um, um, Kind of lost my place here. Sorry. Okay, he ends up marrying this. Um, do you want me to reset, like start that over, make it sound more natural? Or, <laughs> yeah, we're, okay.
0: just roll with
2: it. Yeah. Okay. We're we're pretty we're pretty casual here okay. at the uh, table okay. side. So he falls in love with this Philistine woman, and um, I have to kind of think that you know he's feeling pretty pretty proud of himself, like. They didn't waste time back then. They're like, I like this woman. This is one I'm going to marry. Right, married, and she happens to come from a people who his people are being oppressed by. So you know he's feeling good about himself. Like yeah. he, he, he got he wooed her and won her, and so um, he gets a little cocky. <laughs> and with the Philistines, he he comes up with this riddle. Uh, he's walking down the road one day, and he comes across this carcass of a lion oh yeah and uh there's it's swarming with bees and he's strange stuff here but that's why we're here right right he scrapes the honey out of the carcass of the lion and begins eating it
1: oh and
0: sick
2: <laughs> and uh
0: um, never crossed my
2: mind
1: so like strawberry if i saw a
0: beehive in a, in a lion carcass i would oh bees i'm out of here right right this the guy just, last like,
1: thing i would do would be to
0: scoop up some honey
1: but, like, even just on, like, different accounts, like, dead lion, I'm not going to put my hand in that. No. <laughs> like. No. But also, that, bees, definitely not going to do that.
2: And how can I trust that that's honey? Uh, I mean.
0: <laughs> right?
2: With all the possibilities of the kind con- <laughs> inside the carcass of it. So, anyway, he scrapes the li- the honey out of this lion carcass, began, uh, began to eat it, and then he comes up with this riddle. <laughs> And he, he propounds this riddle to the Philistines, um, and it goes like this. So he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. I like and, it. Yeah. So he, he's giving them seven days to figure out this riddle.
0: How are they supposed to know? Like, this is, like, one experience that he had alone. Exactly. How are they supposed to so know? So
1: is he wanting them to, like, figure out, oh... It was a dead lion that you ate honey out of.
2: Who knows?
1: Also, I wonder what happened that to that lion. What if I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little squirrely. You know like cocaine bear? Yeah. <laughs> what if it was like cocaine lion? Cocaine and lion. then there was like some cocaine mixed in with that Oof. honey. It's it's coming together.
2: Yeah, and that's influencing this whole the riddle. Yeah, yeah. Cocaine. I don't know. You never know.
1: Was cocaine around in the Bible? No. Probably not. No. No.
2: Nope. No. It's a manufactured product.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what if? Okay. <laughs>
2: uh, anyway, so he um, uh, he propounds this riddle to the to the Philistines, and basically makes a bet with them, and says that if you can solve this riddle within seven days, I'm going to give you uh, clothes and linen and um so i think 3 or 4 days in they still haven't figured it out and so they're coercing his wife to to tell them the riddle and, and they actually threaten her and they say that if you don't tell us we're going to basically burn your house and your family alive and so um oh, she gosh. she breaks she tells them the riddle the solves the riddle for them and um Samson finds out about this, Uh-oh. so he is angry. He's a man of passion. He is a man He's of a passion. He's a man of extreme passion. Full of honey. Yeah. and
1: <laughs> Full of cocaine, full
2: of honey. Of <laughs> man, yeah.
0: honey, lion, honey.
2: And so um, he retaliates and began killing several of their people. Um, but that's not where it, it all ends.
0: And it's uh, important to remember, too, that Samson's one of the oppressed people. Right. Like, he's the underdog. Right. And he's doing this to the people that are in control.
2: Yes. But, I th- you know, he's well known for being, uh, he gets into a lot of mischief. I, I think mm. he's...
0: You, we typically he's only know of a,
2: Samson from, like, he got his
0: hair cut, lost his strength, and then he knocked down the temple. Right. But there's all kinds of,
2: yeah. Absolutely. So, um, he doesn't stop here. Um, <laughs> this is the most fascinating part of the, the story to me. Somehow, he wrangles 300 foxes together. And I'm a hunter. I like to be outdoors, and I've been around wildlife a lot. So the idea of wrangling and detaining 300 foxes... Uh, One or two would be the most impossible task. In itself, this is, this is very fascinating. Uh, but what he does with the foxes, he ties their tails end to end, and attaches a torch to each one of their tails, sets, that on, sets their tails on fire, and sends them into the crops and Brutal. burns down the Philistine's Brutal. crops. And um, this is his method of retaliation.
1: That's really extreme. I just would like to put that out there. But also, would he do like two foxes at a time?
2: That's the way we're I've That's always, how I all imagine. Three
1: of, we're all 300 of them.
0: I would imagine it would be a pair of foxes, so there's basically 150 pairs.
1: Right, okay. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: With each one, so it would be 150 torches just going out into the crops.
2: So I think in my youth, my, my children's illustrated Bible showed them tail <laughs> to tale, and that's the way I've always envisioned it. Oh, but,
1: man. Do the foxes die?
2: You well, know, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure. I don't know. I
1: hope not. It's not their fault. I mean, they're
0: basically setting raging fires. So I don't know if, and they're tied together. Yeah, there's no telling.
1: Well, I hope, th- I hope not.
0: Yeah,
2: maybe when the torches burned out, then they got loose. <laughs> the
1: maybe. Right yeah, that's maybe. Th-
2: there's that's lots cool. of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not a PETA friendly uh, episode. <laughs> But um, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's... It doesn't say anything right, about write what... Write that down I, and ask that when you get up to
1: heaven. Oh, perfect. Put, the, put oh, that on your list of That would be an interesting podcast episode idea, wouldn't it? Like, whoa, if I had a and a session with God, what would... This would be on my list. <laughs> this
2: would be on the list. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we know about this story. And um, it's always just been one that stuck out in my mind as being uh, fascinating, but... So so strange. So
0: what do you think? So everything in there, I mean, all the stories, they, they lead to a point. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they ultimately they somehow they point people to Jesus. How, how do you think this one does that? You know, Cliff, <clears throat> I've struggled with that. Right. <laughs> right? And that's the thing with some of this stuff. Like there's just just things we don't know. We just have to take it on faith. That, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I we, mean, I know the Philistines were you know basically the you know embodiment of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and I don't know. Maybe that was just God's wrath on them. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I, I, there's just those passages where you have to lean on 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, that all scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, correction, rebuking, for training in righteousness, so that we're thoroughly equipped. And I, I you know, somehow, some way, God uses that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I like to have been Samson's wife and being like, you did what? <laughs> because I told a riddle, you did that. Right. You know? Right. Like if Alec mm-hmm. had done something like that, I'd be like, fool. Yeah. I'm going to turn you in.
2: Yeah. Now, I'm, there was one other caveat here that I left out. So after Samson retaliated and killed all these people, right, her father ends up giving her to another man. That's kind of an important. That's wild. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure that fueled his anger even more. Mm -hmm. uh, To and it's the Bible says that the uh, companion that he was given to was a friend of Samson's. Oof. So. um,
1: Below the belt. I want this movie. Why isn't this a movie? Why? Right.
2: Right.
0: And yeah, because that would be a cool scene, right? To see 150 fox, like pairs of foxes, just running through. Yeah.
1: Oh my
2: goodness. <clears throat> Wouldn't it though? Yeah.
1: Man. I wonder like what rock song they would choose to like as he's like lighting up the torches and they're like, you know, like rrr, rrr, like gearing up to to run through the fields, know, you know?
2: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of possibilities there.
1: I, I also like, just I, think about that would just be like
2: hurting a my bunch baby of cats. My fire. <laughs> 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 the doors, yes. Yeah. I love it.
0: Uh All right, well, that's That's a weird one for sure. That's a weird one. That is an awesome story. So if anybody has any opinions or knows, you know, has any more detail about that, please share it with us. Let us know. We're uh, we're always willing to learn some things. But
1: also really quick, where did he find these 300 boxes?
0: That's a good question, too.
1: That's a lot That's of a lot foxes.
0: Yeah. Like anytime I see a fox, it's just like one.
1: And they're so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they? How did he catch them? Right. I just have so many questions about that.
2: Right. So, I mean, it's obviously a very premeditated, very planned out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I wonder if like he is like it, it may have been something that, like, you didn't just capture them all in one
0: night. Yeah, yeah, this could have been It took oh, yeah. serious skill. Yeah. Yeah. Over weeks and weeks of capturing foxes and
1: what's that quote from Taken where it's like I have a
0: I have a particular set of skills.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> Same thing's yeah. like <laughs> writing your name down, right underlined.
0: Oh my goodness. All right. <clears throat> well, cool. Thank you for sharing that, that was one. It's a good story. Sure, sure. That was a good one. Shannon? So we're just
1: gonna talk about our one individual.
0: Yeah, let's just so- do the one oh, and I have then to we'll pick and then we'll jump into the three. That we okay. all chose at
1: the same time. Well Okay, then I'm gonna do I was gonna talk about the the kid eudicus and Axe where he falls asleep during Paul's like super duper long
0: Lazy bones falls asleep and falls out the window.
1: Yeah, because that, that would I would have been that kid.
0: <laughs> he would have
1: fallen asleep. Um from like a really long sermon. <laughs> because I'll do it during a really long movie or sometimes even if Alec is like trying to tell me something about his day, I it's like my I'm like my eyes are getting so heavy and I'm like, I'm really trying to listen to you. Um okay, but I'm actually gonna talk about eHud. In Judges 3, 12 through 30. Oh, we're
0: going back to Judges. Because, mm. I,
1: you know, I'm a true crime girly. So um, I feel yeah. like this yeah. is, this is okay. pretty true crime.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, so it's a story where Ehud is sent to Moab. Um, he's, or er, no, sorry. So they're under Moab's rule from King Eglon. Um, Ehud is left-handed, which is important. Because isn't that, wasn't mm-hmm. that like the dirty hand as well? Because like, don't you like...
2: Culturally, that was it. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So that was important. Um, he was checked before going in, but they didn't check his right thigh because mm-hmm. he had a dagger. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this king, and it's just him and him and this king. And so Ehud stabs him in the stomach, but this king is so overweight that it just like slips into his his folds.
0: Mm. Goodness.
1: And I guess he just never feels it. And so then Ehud goes on his merry little way and the king goes to relieve himself, so he's in private. Mm. He dies like Elvis on the pot. <laughs> on the <toilet>. You know. <laughs> and during like while this while the king is dying, Ehud's like getting away. And so he gets away with it. And then the king dies.
2: Oh, My goodness.
1: And I, I just think that's I think that's a really cool. Like, <laughs> he thinks I did it, but they just can't prove it. Yeah, yeah. Which is a T Swift song. Oh, there Nobody, no okay. crime. Oh. Um, but I just really like that story, and it reminds me of an episode of Sherlock. Now you've watched Sherlock, right? The yeah. The BBC the one with, the, with like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Have you ever seen that show? I Have not. No. It's fantastic, and it, really it used is to be good. on Netflix. It's not anymore. <laughs> one of the best shows I've ever like show series. But it's the episode where Watson is getting married. And in this moment, I'm... such the
0: best episode. That is
1: the best episode. That's the funniest episode, I think, because... So Sherlock is, like, this... Probably, like, autistic. He's, like, awkward. He's, like, good at stepping on people's toes. Um, Him and Watson go on, like, this bachelor party. And they get super wasted. They come home. It's, like, 10 p.m. So they're playing this game of, like, headbands, essentially. (laughs) And, um... They're just they like they're so drunk and it's hilarious. Anyway, so then flash forward to the wedding and Sherlock is giving this speech and he's solving a murder like while, while he's, making, he's, the while the he's speech. making the speech. Yeah. And mm. it's his friend was invited to the wedding, one of Watson's friends, who I think he was like in the army with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um he's been threatened. So he I think was captain of like a of a crew, and the crew died, and um, there's this, like, jaded brother who's, like, coming after him, and he's, like, practiced stabbing <clears> people <throat> with, like, this little dagger that's so sharp that he'll stab them, and they won't feel it, but then it's, like, they're, like, slowly bleeding. In
0: entrails are, you yeah, okay. Right. Mm.
1: And so that reminded me of... So
0: might have been the same kind of...
2: Yeah. Yeah, because
1: the, yeah, kind of yeah. um, the friend ends up getting stabbed, and they're, like while this Sherlock is making this speech, they're able to figure it out. So that kind of reminded me of it.
0: Wow. Now, e- Ehud, what was his role? He was, was he a prophet?
1: Um, he was the second judge of Israel. Oh, the, okay, yeah. So in this story, they're like, you know, in that, like, Israel will be under you know, rule. So then they're crying out to the Lord. He sends them a judge to save them. They do okay. And then they start to like become corrupt again. And it's just like this cycle. So, um, Ehud was the second judge that was sent for Israel. So, you know, after, after this king is, is murdered, um, Israel is like temporarily, I think like freed from this evil rule But just what a way, you know, what a way to get that point across, I guess. (laughs) Right. They enjoyed 80 years of peace after that.
0: Goodness. That's longer than I've been alive. All right. Cool story. That's it. Good murder story.
1: I love a good murder story. (laughs) I just love it.
0: Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) So my choice is probably one of my... um, you know, other than the resurrection, probably my favorite story in the Bible. It's uh, the Battle of Mount Carmel. <laughs> uh, it's in First Kings, chapter 18. Uh, this is during the reign of King Ahab, who was just a complete jerk. Uh, King Ahab was married to Jezebel. Like, the... The
1: Jezebel. The
0: Jezebel, the one that all the Jezebels are named after. And she was... You know, she had basically sent out like an Order Sixty Six on all the prophets of uh, (laughs) of of God to get them all killed, and Elijah uh, was one of the last ones. And there was a famine in the land; it's been hadn't rained in like three years, and the Israelites knew uh, they knew God, but then they also followed. Uh, the, the teachings of Baal, who was mm-hmm. a false God mm-hmm. and so they were they were going back and forth you know hey today we're going to follow God, now we're going to follow it, it, Baal and uh, you know Elijah was pretty much tired of it um, and so he ultimately he just throws down a challenge. and this is in uh, chapter uh, 18 23 24 he says uh, he says, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves. Let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but don't set fire to it. I'll take the other bull. I'll put it on the wood, but I won't set fire to it. You pray to your God. I'll pray to mine. And the God who answers by fire is the one and only God. Mm. So he throws this challenge down, and the crowd says, deal, let's do it. How can, this, how can we lose? 450 to one, not a problem. So, uh, so they get it all set up, and, then of course, they go up to Mount Carmel, so when they do it, and they get it all set up. Um, they got the two, two pillars, so the, this bull over here, this one over here, and the Bales guys, they get it ready, and they start in the morning, and they start dancing around, again, 450 of them, I think Jezebel had some of her guys there, too, so there might have been more. Um, So they start praying and dancing around this altar from morning till noon. Nothing happens. Nothing's going. The crowd's just sitting there, just waiting for something to happen. They're just dancing and singing and shouting. So then Elijah, this is awesome. I think this is so cool. He starts taunting them. Like, he doesn't just sit back. He's like, He starts taunting them. He's like, so where's your God? Where's he at? And then he's like, maybe you need to shout louder. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's away. Uh, maybe he's got too much to think about. Uh, maybe he's on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite option, he says, you know, maybe he's, as the English Standard Version says, maybe he's relieving himself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so basically, he's like saying, your God's taking leak. You didn't have time for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: got to so, be that one.
0: So yeah, so he's so he's really just getting after him. Um, so this gets them all the more riled up and excited. And so then they start like they've already been doing this for hours. Then they start like slashing themselves, like cutting themselves mm. and bleeding everywhere on the Oof. altar and on the ground. And they're still just shouting and dancing and yelling and yelling. Um, and they do this until what they say is the time for the uh, evening offering to come. So they've been doing this all, all day long mm. and nothing happens. And so finally, Elijah's like, all right, that's, that's enough. All right, everybody, everybody come here. Y'all come close. And he says, I want you to. So he rebuilt, you know, he rebuilt like the Lord's altar, you know, the one that had been there for decades and centuries. He rebuilds it and then he digs a trench underneath or around the altar, um, and then he cuts the bowl up, and he lays it up there, and then he tells the people to go get four jars of water. Now, these aren't like mason jars. These are like the big, like five-foot...
2: Cisterns. Yeah, thing. like yeah. giant
0: you know, yeah. barrels of water. So he says, go get four of them. And uh, so he takes it, and he pours it over it, and he's like, do it again. And so they get it, another four barrels, and do, he said, do it again. So they've poured 12 barrels of water uh, over the offering and so much so that it's filled up the trench around. And, uh Oh, we got, forgot to turn that down. All right. So then, so it's all ready. everything's soaked. There's water everywhere. And he stands up and he just says this, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel today, let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word answer me, Lord, Answer me so that these people may know that you, Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. One simple prayer, and fire comes down straight from heaven, burns up the offering, burns up the stones of the altar, dries up all the water, all the dust around, just completely just obliterates everything, nothing's left. Incredible. It's huge. Like, yeah. do you understand? Like the amount of fire that has like how hot that has <clears throat> to be. But what's really cool is that there's people standing there. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, like they're standing around that, like a bonfire. Yeah. And this, and, but none of them are hurt. None of them are singed. None of them are, are, are anything. So. So basically the folks believed it that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were all set. And then shortly after that, you know, Ahab runs away and then you know the the, uh, the rains come, you know, so anything like that. But uh, but it's always it's it's always impressed on me mm-hmm. like you can have this huge spectacle. And we get caught in this a lot that you can have this huge spectacle and do all these big outlandish things and trying to call God to you, but that's not what he wants. He just wants belief and obedience sure you know that's all he wants yeah sure. sometimes we do have to make those huge grand gestures and step out there on faith like taking your wife to haiti <laughs> you know <laughs> live, living there for some time um to bring it back there but uh but anyway that's that's the one thing that's always impressed me is like these guys just danced forever and cut themselves and all this and yeah he just yeah. steps up and just yeah praise one prayer and calls on the name of the lord and yeah so, wow! And as <clears throat> I that think, I cool first, you know, of course, I first heard that when I was a kid, so I thought that was just a really cool. But I, I always wanted to make like a kind of like a poster, like a wrestling
2: poster, you know, the the Battle of Carmel, Battle of Carmel, <laughs> four hundred fifty prophets in this corner, Bales versus one prophet of <laughs> Yahweh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's relieving himself. And <laughs>
0: Bales taking a leak and
2: God's setting the fire. <laughs> That's good. That's
0: good. That is an incredible story, though. So it really is. It's it's awesome. But uh, anyway, that's that's my strange but awesome and true story. And again, that is in Kings, uh, First Kings, chapter eighteen. If you want to go back and read it for yourself, um. So now we get to the story that we all chose independently, um, and it is a really wild
2: story. Um. I'm. Anxious, I'm anxious for this. One. I'll kind of set day. it
0: up, and <laughs> we'll go. Uh, I'll read the. It's just. It's just. It's a, just a couple of verses. Yeah, it's not very mm-hmm. long. It's two verses in Second Kings. Um, again, we're hanging out here in the in the Old Testament here. Um, so Elisha, who uh, was after he came after Elijah, right? Yes. He was. He was basically his you know student or whatever, and so Elijah had gone up in the chariot, um, been taken away, and like his his spectacular spectacular method. Um, So Elisha is there hanging out. Uh, He's basically been hanging out in Jericho. They've rebuilt Jericho. Uh, He's hanging out. He's doing some cool stuff there, doing some ministry, doing some some, uh, profiting there. And he had just actually purified the water of Jericho Mm -hmm. because they're like... Hey, Jericho's a beautiful town. It's a great place to live, but the water's poison. And Elisha's like, "Yeah, go get some salt." <laughs> and they're like, "What? Yeah, go get some salt. Pour it in the river, and then boom, it's purified." So you know, he not only had he you know been telling folks about God, but he just actually gave them clean water. So yeah, he's probably feeling pretty good about himself. Um, and so he's like, "All right, I'm going to leave Jericho, and I'm going to go up to Bethel." Um. And the thing to know about Bethel is it was a dumpster fire mm-hmm. of a place. It was the uh, like the center of idolatry and immorality, Baal uh, worship, yeah. Baal worship, just all kinds of just like. A, I mean, you, th- you think of like a post-apocalyptic city. You know, the movies. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what we got going on in Baal, or uh, not Baal, but uh, Bethel. So, Elisha's taking a walk to Bethel. He's going to go up there and minister to the people there. And as he's getting close, uh, some things go down. And (laughs) let me read the scripture here. Again, this is uh, verse 23 and 24. Is that right? Let me.
1: 23
0: to 25. Yeah, 23 to 25. Yeah. So he says, uh... oh, scrolled too far up. Now he went from there to Bethel. And as he was going up by the road, Some young boys came out from the city and ridiculed him. Said to him, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. Mm. And when he looked behind him, he saw them. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. And then two female bears came out of the woods and tore up 42 of the boys. And then he went on from there to Mount Carmel and and then returned to Samaria. And that's it. That's all we talk about. The whole Bible,
1: like nothing happened. Nothing to
0: see here. (laughs) Nothing to see here. (laughs) Two bears come out of the woods and just completely maul forty-two of these boys. What in the world? And for the life of me, I never could figure out. Right. What? I mean, that's brutal. What or why? Like what? Exactly. Why is this story here? And. I, you never hear preachers talk about this. You never, no. hear this. you never hear this story from the pulpit. Right? Uh, I don't even remember hearing the story in Sunday school. This is just something I came across. I heard <laughs> this
1: story, I think, in college because yeah. my roommate told me about it, and I was like, "You're joking? That's not in there." She's like, "Go read it."
0: So, we'll kind of each talk about our takes on it, or whatever. And when I was thinking about this. And I've done, you know, just trying to figure it out. And I never could really find a good explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, why would God want to maul children? Yeah. Well, there's some mix-ups in translation, just yeah. a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So the 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 Hebrew for young boys didn't mean like twelve-year-old, ten-year-old kids, right? These were like fifteen to thirty-year-old. Yes. Um, and it wasn't just like. You know, some boys playing basketball and they come over and they're like, Hey, you know Right. Look at the Baldy. These were like a gang of thugs. These were like, you know, yeah. your hardest of the hard core gang. This
1: was Volchek.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right? Or even worse, you know, these are like Crips and blood, and, you know. I mean, <laughs> consider the town you're in here. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, you're not coming from, you know
1: So these boys from Bethel?
0: These are the boys from the Bethel. Bethel boys. Yeah, Boy. Bethel boys. <laughs> and they're hardcore. Mm. and so it's so you so once you click that over okay well all right he's not killing kids it didn't actually say he kills them. he just mauls them mm-hmm. you know he tore them up mm-hmm. so it may they might have been killed but just you know just beat up quite a bit
1: it's just different yeah it's, it's a it, mauling. it's a
0: mauling it's not a you know, it's not <laughs> it's, it's one thing I've always like i'm not a, I'm not afraid of dying right yeah I'm just afraid of getting maimed yeah. that's that's the thing I <laughs> I know what's going to happen on that die. Right. I, I just want to get maimed. But the way that I get there, I guess. Yeah, right. I don't want to get maimed. I to live handicapped for, you know, yeah. for the rest of my life in a bed. But anyway, yeah, so these were, you know, it's basically a gang of thugs. They're coming from Bethel. Um, and Elisha's intent was to turn Bethel back toward God. And one of the ways he was able to do this was like, these guys weren't just, uh, you know, dissing Elisha. They were, they were dissing God. Yeah. You know, they were they were showing disrespect to the Lord. And so in order to show the power and the strength and to get it through these people's thick skulls, cuz again, they're not just some pushovers in this city. Something drastic had to happen. Right. And this is what this was the, what had to happen. Um, and basically, he was, you know, what what happens is I I read this it says um one of the authors I was reading it says the bear attack shows God trying repeatedly to bring his people back to himself through smaller judgments mm. um, so that they could avoid a worse full force judgment, which ultimately they didn't, and ultimately Israel fell and you know tragedy and everything like that so, so yeah, so what what do y'all what do y'all think about it
2: well, i mean uh <laughs> I would take the insult a little personally, well, uh, yeah. I know we're not physically challenged over here, yeah, we're not on a visual platform here, but um, <laughs> I suffer from genetic alopecia, <laughs> and um so
0: this stings a little bit more <laughs> it my man stings Chris a here little more anybody
2: else, yeah so so I can't say that I wouldn't be tempted to curse these boys for calling me a bald head, yeah, um, but uh, like you said, in kind of digging deeper with with some of these texts uh. My translation, the NASB, calls them young lads. Okay.
1: Young lads. Rather lads. than boys, yeah.
2: uh, which there are um, certain versions that call them boys, little boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that's kind of interesting here is that um, the same word that they use for young lads, in 1 Kings chapter 12, uh, verse 8, it says... Um, where Rehoboam forsook the counsel of his elders and consulted with the young men. That's the same word that's used there. So So they're old
0: enough to be a counselor then, yeah.
2: Correct, correct. So there is kind of a misunderstanding of the age of these so-called little boys. Uh, We're actually talking about young men here. And uh, as we discussed, they're in the town of Bethel where Baal worship is prevalent, so... Who's to say that these guys aren't, like, in training for, for idolatrous practices and um, practicing evil? Right. And so, you know, uh, a man of God comes to town. They're probably going to hurl all kinds of insults at him. Right. Um, but I also discovered another verse here in Leviticus 26 that kind of foreshadows this a little bit in a way. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, in verses 21 and 22... It says, if then you act with hostility against me and are unwilling to obey me, I will increase the plague on you seven times according to your sins. I will let loose among you the beasts of the field, which will bereave you of your children and destroy your cattle and reduce your numbers so that your roads are deserted. Here we go. So I found that really interesting. Yeah, so we've got some uh, scriptural backing um, some foreshadowing here, yeah. That kind of points to, I don't know if it's this event in particular, right? right. But it sure kind of looks that way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That is cool. I didn't. I, that's
0: one thing I didn't. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing that has always kind of not bothered me, but stuck out to me is you never hear anything else about this, right? Like, yeah. Hey, don't you remember the Bears? Like,
1: right. Right. Well, and I think sometimes still, like it doesn't help, you know, like people. I think people think that, like, God is just a wrathful God and, like, mm-hmm. there's no other, like, sides to his, like, mercy and, and grace. Um, stories like these are, like, well, <laughs> yep.
2: I mean, you know, yeah. he
1: is righteous as well. So
2: right.
1: Um, one thing that I kind of found that I don't think we've touched up on was when they were saying, like, when the boys were saying go up, like, maybe they were mocking, like, the way that um, Elijah was, like, taken up.
2: Right. You yeah. know,
1: because I'm sure, like they thought I had in here, like, did Elisha witness Elijah being taken up?
2: I think so. I believe so,
0: yeah. And yeah. I said,
1: aliens? LOL, JK, JK, JK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm sure... Of course, I'm sure, of course she would bring aliens in this, yeah.
1: My I'm not saying every were episode, aliens, but they were
0: aliens, were
1: aliens. My goal in every episode is to either bring up aliens or my girl T-Swift, so we've done both in this episode. Chick, chick. Chick, chick. Um, but, you know, so like, were they maybe mocking Elisha? and being like, oh, you know, why don't you be, t- where's your throne? True, or, you yeah. Know, why don't you go, th- up yeah. where's your right. chariot? Yeah. 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 So that was something interesting that I had found that I was like, oh, I don't think I've heard, you know, them talking about that before. So yeah. it's just more, you know, like it really is, there's a severe, you know, like it's very important to like not mock God.
0: Right. So, so true. And there's so many different times, you know, in the, as in the Old Testament, and the New Testament too, you know, that's. That's definitely prevalent thought there. So yeah, man, what a story! It's wild. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. So I just wanted to, and I know there's there's other stories that we can talk about too. We may have to do a, a, a strange but true episode two, two parter, you know, two parter sometime. Mm-hmm. Have Chris back here to talk about some more stuff because I know there's so much in there. But the, what the thing about it is, is that there's so much in the Bible. And if you haven't jumped in it, and you haven't read it, and you haven't you know spending time with it, I encourage you to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if if nothing else, just read it. As, you know, f- for just reading, uh, mm-hmm. just read it as a story mm-hmm. because of all the crazy stuff that happens. Um, and you know, God will will eventually work you know that scripture into you, and you know, He'll work His ways with it, but. um I mean, the Bible's been around for you know thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and so it's uh, there's there's things that people you think people know everything about it, but it's fun when you just go and start reading and you start mining things like this and and stuff jumps out to you. you know, right. That's you know that's like I said I read through the you know, like I just read through the Bible you know a little bit every night and uh, there's always something I know I've. You know, probably right there, probably five or six times just in the past, you know, 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. But there's always something that jumps out, like, oh, well, I never thought about that, yeah. you know, and then yep. they, like you kind of ponder on it. But, Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess, and I would, I would assume that that's the storytelling aspect of it is big when you're on the mission field, too, right?
2: Yeah. So it's important, you know, in different cultures to just understand applicable stories right. that. Uh, segue into a gospel presentation. So in Haiti, um, uh, voodoo is very prevalent there. So it's helping their, they have to come to a realization that the oppression, the voodoo oppression that they're under is is all satanic lies. And so we would take them to John eight forty four that says that Satan is the father of lies and uh, really just kind of hone in on, on passages like that so that they understand that And you have to be careful. You have to be considerate of their culture and be Mm -hmm. very respectful. Um, And, uh, you know, you talk to any missionary who's served abroad, there are fascinating stories of different approaches, different methods that are used on the mission field that uh, play into cultural context that eventually get to the gospel conversation. So, absolutely. Isn't there a legend about
0: uh, (laughs) one of the presidents of Haiti when it— Initially, first became a country that he he made a deal with the devil and sold either his soul or gave control of the country, and that's why they have so many. So, yeah, so like that's like that's a legend. It? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. His name was Jean Jacques Dessaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um he was eventually um he was eventually assassinated, but yeah, that's that's how the tale goes that he made a deal with the devil and. Uh, Haiti's just been under the influence. It's said that if, until you're, if you're a Haitian person, until you're converted, that at some level you are participating in voodoo because it's so heavy laden with oh, wow. the wow. culture itself. is just so heavy laden with voodoo. And so until you, be, until you come to know the person of Jesus, at some point you are knowingly or unknowingly practicing voodoo.
0: Really? My goodness.
2: Mm-hmm. So wow. it, it's it's a dark country. There's a lot of, um, like I said, poverty is a big issue, but not the main issue. The main issue is the main issue that we all have, and it's that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Yeah. And yeah. so um, it is a dark place. And when we got to witness a lot of that ourselves, Um all glory to god uh, one of the highlights of my living there we were able to lead a witch doctor to christ wow uh, there in our village um just a really neat story about a guy named fisnell and we saw him on the street several times just out uh, we did evangelism every weekend and uh, as a group and we approached him several times and he was very off-standish at first like wasn't sure what to do with this white guy and <laughs> what kind of message he was bringing. And, um, I think he had a lot of preconceived notions about what we were up to, mm-hmm. but, uh, we prayed through it and finally, uh, got to sit down and have hours of conversations with, of conversation with this guy under a tree. And, um, later that afternoon, he prayed to receive Christ was in, this was a Saturday night mm-hmm. Sunday morning, he came to church, and you got to keep in mind, like, in the, the village where we lived, everybody knows who the witch doctors are. And in Haitian Creole, they, they call them a boko, And so everybody knows where the boko lives and what he does f- for a living. And Sunday morning, here comes Fisnell walking through the street with his Sunday's best on, uh, shirt and tie, shiny shoes, walking to church and, I mean, people are ridiculing him up and down because they're like, he's going to follow the way of the white man. And it, you know, becomes this this whole thing for him. And so he shows up at church and uh, declares in front of everybody that he is a converted Christian, that he has accepted Christ and invited all of us after service to come to his house while we witnessed him burn all of his articles of voodoo. Oh, wow. Threw them all to the fire. Uh, just, um, man, a moment I will never, ever forget. Right. I've got pictures of it, and um, just to see the church come together to celebrate uh, his conversion, to pray over his home, um, was just incredible. Uh, everybody circled around his home and, and repeatedly sang nothing but the blood of Jesus. And as the singing was going on, he was pulling up, and this was all new to me, so I learned a lot (laughs) this after this particular day. We go there, and he's pulling up this plant out of the ground. And as he pulled it, as it uprooted, underneath there was buried, like, all these potion bottles and what looked like bones.
0: Whoa.
2: So we have... Still to this day, don't know what all was underneath there, but he threw every bit of this to the fire in his front yard, and it was just a glorious day to watch Fistnell come to Christ. My
0: goodness!
1: Wow! Mm-hmm. I have chills. That's awesome! Yeah, I have it was amazing. That's
2: awesome! It was amazing. Wow! But um, yeah, there—all kinds of stories we could tell. All kinds of stories. That's but. cool.
0: Well, then that means we'll just have to yeah, have we'll Chris have to have back. you guys back. Absolutely, yeah. I would like to have Cassie back on here too to hear her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like how sh- she ad- adapted to it and sure. Yeah. like that. So, well, man, this has been fun. Absolutely, I've been, I've been, this I'm has been great. So happy you, you you get to join us here. Uh, I appreciate you being here and uh, appreciate you know, again you the, uh, the the ministry is uh, least of these ministries,
2: least of these family ministries. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we'll put the uh, we'll put a link up to it on our socials, please, so you guys can check them out and uh, help them out wherever you can. Um, and again. Dig into the Bible. Read it. Absolutely, it's some good stuff. There's some really cool things in there, Um, not just for entertainment, but actually life changing stuff. So, Uh, well, great. We're going to have you back, guys. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got to learn a little bit, maybe. Yeah, learn uh, something new. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take things from a different perspective. So
2: for sure. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It was great. All right. Well, guys, have a great week, and we thank you for being here. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Tableside at 16th Street is produced by H&F Productions. For all your audio, visual, and lighting needs, visit h and com.